it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Today, I'm joined by ESPN's Tim McManus as we discuss the team he covers, the Philadelphia Eagles. They clearly are viewed as the worst team in the division. How about that when you look back a year ago? Is that a proper spot? Can this team bounce back? It's always crazy in the NFC East, but what would it take for the Eagles to vault into contention? And as always, I asked Tim for his thoughts on Washington. Again, getting outside views is important. You can follow Tim on Twitter at Tim underscore McManus, M-C-M-A-N-U-S. And you can read both our work, of course, on ESPN.com. I have a story up now that's a timeline of all that Washington has been through in the last 18 months to two years. Could have expanded even further to probably about two and a half years, going back to the Alex Smith injury, the Reuben Foster claiming, etc. It shows the craziness of the past and perhaps where things have been righted. It also explains why I've been a bit tired over the past year or so. It's a lot, folks, and last summer at this time was brutal. For myself, and I don't say this is a pity party because I'm not seeking any sympathy, but more to explain how crazy it was. And one analogy I used one time I had to go on SportsCenter was I felt like I was in a Jason Bourne car chase where you're going down one road at 100 miles an hour and then you hit on the brakes and you're turning down another road, quickly getting to 100 miles an hour. That's how last year felt. From around June 26 or so until mid-September, I didn't have a full day off because something always happened. Not always bad either. There was one night my wife and I were watching a movie. And to be honest, I'm sitting here thinking that I'm going to get through this day without having to do any work. Well, it's around 1030 or so. I had a glass of wine earlier. Well, then word starts to spread about an Instagram post by Liz Smith, which was a clear sign that her husband, Alex, would be activated off the PUP list. A move that was quickly confirmed, had to go write up a story, et cetera, et cetera. Other times, it was Darius Geist being arrested in his subsequent release. And I remember that day driving home over the mountain in the, in, in the valley and thinking, oh, man, I feel great. I feel this is the day's over. This is great. And then my next thought was something's going to happen. Something bad is going to happen because something is just continuously happening. Happening. Sure enough, about 15 minutes later, I get home, get a text, Darius Geist arrested. During the crazy period where, where everyone was trying to guess what was in the Washington Post article, the first one that came out, I was at the beach with my family. They went to the beach. I stayed on the balcony making one call after another. I spent the entire day out there, had a nice view of the bay, not what I was hoping for, but and it wasn't just to find out what was in the story, to gather information so I could react and to know more of what was truly going on because there were so many rumors and false rumors being floated about, and I had a lot of people calling me other coaches calling me. I'm just kind of crazy. It was not an ideal way to spend time in Ocean City. I will say that. Heck, I did a sports center hit from Assateague Island with a bathing suit on and a sports coat. 
Fortunately, after that one, I was able to go to the beach and had a nice rest of the day. But that's what the job entailed last summer. And again, not asking for sympathy because there are other days that aren't that crazy. Everybody has crazy, crazy days on their on their jobs. And so that those were just mine. I have a brother who's an attorney. He has crazy months. So this is what you do. And I worked on many stories that I that I enjoyed because they caused me to expand my reach into areas I'd never gone. Trademark law, culture building while talking to high ranking CEOs or culture experts. So many different stories that there were there to work on. Not all the stories, of course, were going to be positive, but they were stories that that were um, I had to really kind of stretch as a reporter a little bit and, and do some things. And so that part, it was a challenge. And I always enjoy a challenge. It was not a summer anybody hopes to repeat, yourselves included. But after all that, it was a fun season to cover because of how it all transpired with positive stories about Ron Rivera beating cancer, Alex Smith's comeback, and a strong finish to win the division while watching some of these young players blossom like a Chase Young, um, guys like that. So in the end, it all worked out well for, for you fans, for, you know, as a reporter, the stories you got to cover later were much better than what you had to cover during the summer. But that's just what it was like. And so that timeline was a chance to really, I guess, go back and see just how crazy it was. Anyway, that's my little spiel. Now, here's my conversation with ESPN's Tim McManus as we talk about the Philadelphia Eagles and can they get back to where they once were. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's talk about Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is the best and easiest place to play fantasy football for big cash prizes. An Underdog Fantasy you just draft. No need to worry about waivers, lineups, or injuries. Underdog handles it all for you. Go to underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft a season-long best ball team, and that's it. No in-season management. They're going to give you $25 when you sign up so you can take a free shot at a $1 million grand prize in their fantasy football tournament. That's right. You can get a free $25 in bonus cash on Underdog Fantasy if you use the code KIME, K-E-I-M, when you make your first deposit. I love Underdog because it's just so easy to use. The mobile app is slick. The website is user-friendly. So do what I've been doing. Go to underdogfantasy.com, join a league, draft a team, and that's it. You're good for the season. Remember, go to underdogfantasy.com, the App Store, or the Google Play Store, sign up with the code KIME, K-E-I-M, and get a free $25 in bonus cash. Well, Tim, a year ago, around this time, one of us was covering what seemed to be a chaotic franchise. And I think it's it still seems that way from the outside, but it's not me this time. It seems like it's you. Is it as chaotic as what it appeared to be? Was this what was this offseason like? And where are they at? Where are the Eagles at right now? I guess everybody gets their turn, John, right? <laughs> <There you go. laughs> Covering these chaotic franchises. Uh yeah, for sure. This last season was totally chaotic. I mean, 
Uh, forget the fact that it was just uh, an extraordinary year, given what was going on in the world, uh, but then add what the internal dynamics were like and the way things just kind of totally melted down for the Eagles. I mean, uh, you know, Doug Peterson was never really getting the type of authority that you would think that a Super Bowl winning head coach would get. Uh, for a while, that was all okay. You had the owner and Jeffrey Lurie and general manager Howie Roseman very involved in a lot of decision-making and the ins and outs of the football operation. And that was kind of good for Peterson for a while because he's not a guy that really uh, – that that honestly, he needs some help in certain areas. Like he's he's not like a – you know, an around the clock, 24 hour a day coach, like, like some of these guys are. And so he needed a, a little assist here and there and it all worked really well in, in 2017 in particular, when they won the Super Bowl. you know, all, all the uh, things were kind of bouncing off one another pretty well. But then once you taste success, um, you know, everybody starts to feel a little bit more entitled. I would say, I think that uh, the front office started creeping in a little bit more on Peterson space Peterson was, uh, you know, obviously feeling like he deserved the, uh, some space there. Uh, and so there was friction from that aspect. And then there was the whole Carson Wentz thing, which, you know, what he just completely uh, melted down uh, the dynamics between he and Hertz. Not that they didn't get along, but it was just awkward. It's been an awkward career for Wentz so far. Uh, maybe that changes in Indianapolis. So, yes, all that stuff was real. Doesn't mean it's uh, it's permanent. You know, I think that they have smoothed some of that stuff out. Uh, but, yeah, it was uh, it was chaotic as, as it could be. So has, has Nick Sirianni, where has it been with, What has it been like with him? So, and again, they haven't played a game. So you always – you don't really know how things are until you endure some obstacles, some hard times or whatever. But has the situation – how much has the situation calmed down this, you know, over the last couple months? Yeah, I mean, he he came in and his introductory press conference was not great. And so in Philadelphia, as as you know, we're kind of quick to pounce. Uh, really? The, yeah. Look for the negativity <laughs> and, uh, you know, make judgments uh, full on before, as you say, a game was even played. And so he was taking heat early and there was like, ah. see, he doesn't have any head coaching experience. You know, it was kind of like a thrown together coaching search process because they weren't really intending on firing Peterson. And uh, and it was just like, oh, is this a is this a really bad outcome? And it, it end up, it, it could go obviously either way. But I will say that things have settled down. Uh, opinions are starting to shift. I think especially internally uh, among the players, they've been receiving Sirianni really well, from what I can tell. The main reason being because he's just like he has so much energy hmm. uh, that, and that's something that's been lacking over the last couple of years, where it got got stagnant a little bit. Uh, he's brought the juice and his coaching staff is the youngest coaching staff in the NFL. Uh, they're bringing the juice. And so they're feeling that right now. Uh, and beyond that, you know, they feel pretty good about the, the offense that he's beginning to install. So, uh, yeah, I would say that the optimism is starting. Optimism is starting to creep in here a little bit. And uh, that'll last as long as game one. We'll see what happens there. <laughs> there, there, there you go. How, how is Jalen Hurts? What kind of offseason? I guess more so the spring workouts and all that. What did you see from him? Yeah, so it was uh, limited what they did. And so the, the Eagles not only didn't have a mini camp after talking with their veteran players, they agreed that the OTAs, they wouldn't be able to throw and drills a seven on seven and 11 on 11. So it was all individual stuff. So it was hard to glean. Um, exactly, you know, what kind of strides that he's made. Um, so you have to go off a lot of what the coaches and players are saying. One thing is clear is that, 
know, he has the type of personality that players gravitate towards. I mean, that was, you know, so much so last year that it was kind of a problem for Wentz, right? I mean, right. he was in the same locker room with them and people are like, man, I really like this, this Hurts guy. Uh, he just has a way of, of kind of rallying guys behind him. And I think that's been true from the, the veterans down to the rookies. They, they talk really well of him. Uh, and I think the coaches are happy with the way that he's been, uh, you know, taking in the new scheme so far. And certainly, you know, he's he's got that dual threat ability, which opens up some lanes for the running and, uh, you know, RPOs and that kind of thing. It's just a matter of whether he can improve his accuracy. And he was towards the bottom of the league in his, his limited starts last year. And that'll really be the key. I mean, if he can if he can figure that part out and start hitting guys at a, at a better rate, then this offense has a chance to be pretty good, I think. Do you hear much from him, whether you're talking to people inside or outside the organization, about their confidence level that he could become that guy? It's mixed. Uh, the opinions were mixed on him coming in uh, right. from, from guys inside the building. There, there, were, there were some people who weren't all that high on him and others, uh, most notably the owner and Jeffrey Laurie, who wanted him. And Laurie influenced that pick. From, that's my, what my reporting says. I'm familiar and, with that kind of a situation. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's 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 very interesting the way that Lori's involvement has crept up more and more and become more and more public, and and he is definitely, you know, he he sways the needle in that organization. There's no question about it. And he he liked Hertz, and so they they made the Hertz thing happen. Uh, kind of blew up in their face, but with the whole Wentz thing. But now here he is. Um, getting a chance to prove himself. and I, But I do think it's mixed. There's some guys who are high on him internally who think that he can be that guy. And certainly, I mean, they made the move to trade Wentz. And so part of that was at least a part reflection of their confidence in Hurts. Uh, but there's others that are a little bit more skeptical. So we'll, you know, um, but certainly they're, the way that they're behaving suggests that they're not tied to him long-term because they've accrued three first-round picks for yeah. next year and they're just sitting there waiting like if Hertz doesn't go well you know they're going to end up either trading for a veteran quarterback with those three first rounders or they're going to move up and get somebody and so he's very much like on the clock already even though it's his second year and he only has four starts see and I thought those getting those picks for next year would may have been the best thing they did this offseason I think that's uh you know in terms of long-term planning yes uh, yeah. yeah Roseman is uh is good at that he's he's good at uh, accruing assets and and yeah i mean they're they're set up pretty well to kind of control next year's draft and and it does also make sense like this past year you know the the draft is a crapshoot in a lot of ways it always is but even even more so because of the circumstances right uh guys opting out you know some guys not playing full seasons all that sort of stuff and so so yeah i think that was pretty smart and it'll look a lot smarter once we get closer to april and and recognize right. the kind of position they're in Right. And I, you know, I think because that's something I thought Washington would have done more of is getting more picks for next year because they don't know who their guy is going to be in 2022 either. Really, they can't, you know, they may, maybe somebody emerges, but right now you can't say for sure who's that guy next year at this time. That's why I like what the Eagles did. I think the Giants got some of that too. So, you know, Devontae Smith, a guy they took this year, what kind of impact do you feel he can have? I think he can be, I mean, almost Justin Jefferson like. I think that's mm. I think that's the ceiling yeah. in his his first year. The similar traits are <clears throat> the outstanding route running, um, you know, the the big game experience, the knowledge, uh, 
and you know the body control is one thing that really stands out. I remember watching Jefferson be like, "Man, this guy just knows how to like adjust midair, uh, catches everything, crisp route running." And I see a lot of the same stuff with Devonte Smith. And when you watch him on the field, Brandon hasn't been in team a team drill setting yet, but even just in individual drills, the way he moves, John is different. Like I, I like I watching him play. Yeah, I haven't seen a guy move like that since I don't I don't know when. Really, uh, you know, in a Philadelphia uniform, yeah, it's um, he he just has this smoothness about him where it just looks totally effortless. And even though he's lined up to receivers who are, you know, they're all world class athletes, they're all the the best in the world at, at what they do, and they just look like inferior to him. <laughs> now, you know, now I don't know what that's going to end up looking like on the NFL level. Uh, he's 166 pounds. Everybody knows he's he's a slim guy, uh, but man. He's so gifted, and and he's got the drive to go with it. I I think he can be a star. I do. Yeah, and and you know he was a guy I liked in college because he could they could even though he's small they could use him a lot in a lot of different ways as well. And I think the versatility will will help in that offense too. Um, with with the Eagles' offense, what other things do you what other things that are you feel are important to know right now? Like offensive line, you're getting guys healthy. What are some other things that you know? be important to note right now we just talked with the offensive line coach jeff stoutland he's he's one of the best in the game he's he's a treat to talk to and he's very honest and blunt and uh he is really high on this offensive line he hmm. just doesn't say things to, to sam uh but he's he's seeing brandon brooks come back from his achilles tear he's seen lane johnson come back from his ankle injury he's watching some of these younger guys develop and um and he feels really good about the state of affairs the big issue for the offensive line is that they're aging and they've they've been hurt a lot right that's that's really i mean can they figure a way to to avoid that this year that's that's a that's a huge key for this team period like if they if they're healthy they're going to be they're going to end up being a pretty good team um and then they have young skill players you know it's the wide receivers are super young it's it's Devontae smith and it's jalen regger first round pedigree both of them uh, but a first and a second year player that are going to be leading that charge. There's really not a veteran in the room. Uh, Dallas Goddard is going to be the lead man with, with Zach Ertz still in limbo and, and expected to be traded at some point before this season starts. And then you have a, a talented group at running back with uh, Miles Sanders leading the way, Kane, Kenny Gainwell, um, you know, those type of guys. So they have like a, a young uh, you know, skilled uh, group of skill position players. And it's just a matter of, you know, how do they put it together and can the offense, offensive line protect Hurts, give them some time to get it to those guys. What about Andre Dillard? How is he, what is the, what are they saying about him? Cause they, he had some rough moments. Yeah. Well, he, I mean, we zoomed with him pretty recently and he came across as a totally different person. Yeah. He, uh, he was having confidence issues early. He was listening to social media too much, getting in his head. Uh, and then, he he cleans some of that stuff up, and he's he comes across just like a guy that's that's ready to try to seize the opportunity. But he's competing with Jordan Mailata, the uh, the other left uh, tackle out of Australia, who did pretty well uh, when he got an opportunity to start this past season. So those two, it's like a legit competition for that starting left tackle spot that'll play out through the summer. Um, def- defensively. That defensive line aging, but still seems to be really good. Obviously, they added Ryan Kerrigan. What do you think about this defense? Because that that had been kind of the anchor of this franchise for a while. Yeah, and now it's it's more of a question mark. I think that's fair. 
they do have some some good things going for it. You know, Anthony Harris got signed this yeah. offseason. I like him. He's a he's a playmaker, and uh, and I think that's really going to be their mo. Just kind of listening to their new defensive coordinator, Jonathan Gannon. He's going to emphasize getting uh, getting turnovers more than Jim Schwartz did. Schwartz, it was like cared about him, but not really, and not right. not as much as as some DCs out there. Gannon is is really going to emphasize that. So I think they're going to be taking some risks, and there's a couple of good pieces in that in that secondary uh, between Harris and, and Darius Slay, and along the defensive front. I mean, I think you nailed it. You know, an aging group. Brandon Graham is is uh, north of thirty. Fletcher Cox is getting up there. Ryan Kerrigan, I think, is a nice add, but you know, he's he's obviously in the twilight of, of his career. Um, but I still think that they have enough to generate a, a pretty good pass rush this season. And I know, obviously, this team opted not to re-sign Kerrigan, and I know there's some people who only think he may have made an impact for 12, 10 plays a game. Like, that was his limit. What did you hear from people up there, or how much did you hear from people up there about what they feel like they're getting in Kerrigan? Well, I think it's somebody that, you know, the the best comparison that we've heard is probably Chris Long. Yeah. That, the, way, the way that he came in, and it wasn't a starting role, but it was an important role where he came in and I think it's going to be kind of similar where they're going to rotate their defensive line a good bit. Uh, Cause they're just going to be exhausting their energies on the snaps that they're in there going, going full bore. And so they're going to want to get some fresh bodies in there and they, and the Eagles already have their starters. I mean, Brandon Graham and Derek Barnett are their projected starters at defensive end. They have a, a young guy in Josh sweat who was, who was starting right. to come on. And so I think you add Kerrigan to the mix that now you have like four, quality defensive ends where there's not a huge let up when the next group comes on. And you now Kerrigan also brings kind of a culture setting uh, vibe about him as well, where he can, you know, this is a, a team in transition. This is a, a team that needs some guidance. Um, that's going to need to, to hand off the torch in some ways as they, they look to, you know, rebuild those championship aspirations and, and Kerrigan, you know, at least from what I can see, and you obviously know better, better than anyone uh, seems to be someone who would be good at that. Yeah, he he kind of he's a professional, and I think when yeah. you're in those when you're in those situations, it's not always about getting a guy in there who's going to be grabbing guys by the face mask. It's about getting professionals in there who go about doing their job the right way, and that's what filters down, and that's what he certainly will add up there. How do you view Washington at this point from afar? I mean, people here are, are getting excited about what they think this franchise is, where they think the franchise is heading. How do you view them from your vantage point? Uh, as the favorite in the NFC East, I, um, I'm, I'm a big Ron Rivera guy. And so, you know, we started this conversation about how the tables kind of turned in right. terms of the dysfunction. And I think Rivera, at least from afar, is a, a big part of that. You know, when you have somebody as capable as him that steps in and kind of resets um, the way things are done, you know, I mean, he's, you know, he's got the experience under Reed. I mean, it has that kind of feel about it uh, to me. Um, you know, that's really where it starts. And then he, he believes uh, philosophically I'm building on the inside out, you know, that and certainly the talent, especially on the defensive front, is just overwhelming. It's, it's you know, right. that's so good. So once you, you have that going for you, then the other stuff seems to fall in place. And and now at, at quarterback, you, you got a, a seasoned vet who you pretty much know what you're going to get uh, with some good skill position players. So I like them. I mean, I don't think they're like knocking on the Super Bowl door, but I, right. I like them as favorites in the division right now. And I would think, I mean, I, in 
talking to others too. Like, I think this division should be much a decent bit better than last year. I would think, you know, because I think like, I think Dallas obviously with Dak and then I think the Giants would be better. And then I, I think the Eagles, I would think right now they go in there as a fourth team, but as you know, in this division, you never know. And so, but I, I do think that this division will be very much improved. Do you think that would be the case? I think so. I mean, I, I don't know that they're, going to I don't look at the Super Bowl right I think I think compared to there I don't think we're going to see a seven and nine team or seven and ten or eight and nine team win it I think it will be you know maybe a couple teams with winning records which is a which is a big improvement (laughs) yeah yeah I could see a couple (laughs) 10 11 win teams yeah Uh, and and yes and you know one thing that I've learned about this game and and reaction to it is that we're always reacting to the season prior and that's where we always have our our heads so the Eagles win the Super Bowl the next next season, what are the predictions? Ah, it's fourteen wins every all around, right? They they only win four this past year. Everybody thinks they're going to be absolutely horrible, right? And uh, you know, somewhere in between usually lies the truth. And I and I think that you know injuries really hit this division hard last yeah. year. Um, and so yeah, I, I expect a, a bounce back. You know, not not a major one, but a bounce back from the NFCs. Yeah, and I'm with you. Like when I say a lot of improvement, it's just because I don't think you're going to have the question of will a team get to 500 or, you know what I mean? I think we'll be at a point where it's like, okay, they're going to, I can see a 10 win team, 10 and seven, maybe 11 and six, if everything goes right. And maybe you get two teams with, I think you'll get two teams with winning records, but that's that right now, to me, that class that classifies as big or major improvement. So yeah, you know what, this, uh, this division doesn't have much clarity at quarterback though, does it? No. I mean, outside of Dak, like no, does any team really know what their their future is at this point? That's no, that's not a great place to be. It's not, and I think because Daniel Jones, you look at him, and there are some things alike, but I've never been a huge fan. But they added so much around him. What will that do? And then with Washington, with Fitzpatrick, like I'm with you. I think he's an improvement. For how long can he do it for 17 games? We don't know. You know, and there's there are still questions about a guy who's been around for a long time and Jalen and his in his situation and shoot, even Dak is coming back from an injury, but he's at least the guy who say, okay, that's the one guy you think you, you know, how, how it will go as long as he's healthy. So, yeah, but I think hopefully it's just a little bit more interesting. Although I will say last year was because of how bad it was so bad. It became good because it was so bad. So, you know, it got us on sports center a little bit, but that's right. Right. That's so there the you go. Keep it interesting. That's the main thing for us, right? There you go. Tim, thanks a lot, man. Appreciate the insight. All right, brother. Have a good summer. You too. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. 
That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. What's up? It's Mike Jones from the Football Jones Podcast. I know you're enjoying your time with the John Kime Report, but once you're done, I want to invite you to come over and check out my podcast. Each week, we take a deep dive into some of the most pressing topics around the NFL. High-profile guests from the coach, player, and front office ranks, as well as the top league insiders. Check out the Football Jones Podcast, another fine product brought to you by Empire Media. That's it for this episode. Thanks to Tim for joining me, and thank you, as always, for listening. I'll be back with another episode Thursday as we check in on the Dallas Cowboys, plus another appearance by Tailgate Ted as we discuss excellent desserts to grill. Talk to you next time.